0: Hey guys, it's Pastors Aaron and Terry Bagwell, and we wanted to say thank you for listening to this week's podcast. If you enjoy this podcast, be sure to share it with a friend to keep others around you encouraged throughout the week. We hope you have a blessed day and enjoy the podcast. God bless you. We're going to be talking about Multiply Your Ask. Now, we've been in this series called Multiply, the Year of Multiplication. And uh, if you yeah, there it is. God's word multiplied. We were in Acts twelve twenty four. that despite all fighting, despite all struggles, despite all things that were taking place in the book of Acts this moment, his word multiplied. We've been talking about that. Now, as we get to New Year's Eve right now, we're going to talk about how do we multiply our ask? What does that even look like? And here's a couple of thoughts. And then I, I just want to say a quick prayer as we dive into the scripture that the way you leave anything determines how you enter your next thing. Think about it, leaving high school, your GPA, how you're leaving it may determine your college opportunities, maybe even funding or scholarships. Maybe leaving single life, how you're leaving single life will determine your uh, next season as a couple or getting married to your future spouse. How healthy are you as a couple? What about leaving a job? Correctly or incorrectly, it might mean the difference of positive recommendations or being, quote, blackballed in your industry, right? It just depends, right? So, how we leave one thing is the setup for how we're entering into our next. So, as we leave 2023, what do we need to let go of? What do we need to finish? Are there emotions of unforgiveness, bitterness, anger, depression, or failure? Let me encourage you to leave this in this year behind start looking at how you can lay it on the altar even today because until old things pass away nothing new is ever formed that's biblical the old things have to pass away now the old things can hinder us from moving into our future But when we leave them in God's hands and we start saying, Lord, I'm not going to hold on to this thing that I've had all year or maybe the last few weeks or months, maybe it's been years you've held on to certain things. Do you realize that God is so awesome when you make a decision and say, Lord, I'm going to put this into your hands and I'm going to leave it in this year. You are setting yourselves up for what God has for you in this coming year. Can we all say amen? This is the difference between what I would call a victorious Christian versus a stagnant Christian who may feel stuck or trapped. It's the difference in the ability to move onward and upward in every circumstance versus being held back. How you leave something is how you will enter your next. Remember this, all things are possible for you if you believe. That's what Jesus said, and practice his word. Can we say amen? So let's pray, Father, for the next few moments. Let your word penetrate every heart. Every person watching online, every person in this room, let it be an uplifting and an encouragement to them in Jesus' name. Amen. Multiplication comes when we take action. Everybody say action. We are talking about the year of multiplication. Now, I want to read a familiar scripture, potentially to you. It's Habakkuk chapter 2, verses 2 and 3. It says, the Lord answered me, and he said, write the vision. Make it plain on tablets or prayer cards. They just didn't put that in that translation, but that's our translation. Our tablets are these prayer cards. Why? So he may run who reads it. For still the vision awaits its appointed time. It hastens to the end. It will not lie. If it seems slow, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay everybody say amen so we're talking about taking action god is telling us commanding us as followers of christ when we look at the vision the prayer request the calling on our life that thinking about it is not enough that there is another step that requires a lot of faith and that step is writing it down do you realize how big of a step that actually is it's one thing to think about something all day long, but it is another thing to write it down. It's even another thing to then attempt it. Maybe you've tried this like me. I'm no good at cooking. Try to do it with cooking. I have the thought in my head of this beautiful meal. I find the recipe, try to write it down, and then I attempt to do it. and I fail a lot. But the process is so real because we can think about a lot of things, but until you write it down and make it plain, you yourself may not even know where to start. So it is a process of faith that the Lord uh, challenges us and commands us to do. This is why God said, write the vision, make it plain, so he may run who reads it. What does that say? That your vision, when you feel comfortable sharing it with people, they actually can see your vision too and understand it. That it's not just your vision that you keep uh, uh, hidden forever, but at God's appointed time, somebody in your inner circle or a group of people or like in Terry and I's case, you welcomed our a part of the vision God's called us to, which I believe is now part of your life, called this church and this ministry, that we have to write that vision and make it plain so that we can be in unison, so that we can be in unity. Remember, God is a God of unity. Satan is the author of disorder. So whenever there's discord, disorder, uh, confusion, and chaos, that's the working of the enemy. God brings order, he brings alignment, and he brings a path, and he brings a plan of execution. Now, how do we multiply our ask? So I want to give you six things today, okay? So if you want to write these down or, or take photos as we put them on the screen, these are practical things. But these are things that I, as we're talking about writing things down on our prayer cards and, and believing God for, you don't want to just kind of blindly shoot. You really want to allow your faith to guide what's in your spirit that the Lord's been speaking to you about. Now, some of you, the Lord's been speaking all year about something. Some of you, God's been speaking to you for like a decade. Yeah. And we're always waiting for the moment. Do you know the moment is when you start writing it down? It really is. Launch time is really when you have enough faith to say, okay, I'm, I'm going to try. Until then, we can hide out of the, 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 the fear, oh, maybe it'll fail. But this is why it's so important to remember in verse 3 of Habakkuk, the vision awaits its appointed time. It hastens to the end. It will not lie. If it seems slow, keep waiting for it. It'll keep, it will surely come. It will not delay. Okay? So we have to first engage, though. If you don't write it down, you don't even hit the starting line. So let's talk about engaging. Number one, it's time to multiply our ask by, first of all, prayer. Now, Jesus said in Matthew 7, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. Everyone who asks receives. Can we say that word? Say everyone. Everyone who asks receives. Not a select few. Not the holy and anointed hierarchy that we create on earth everyone with faith who asks receives the one who seeks finds and to the one who knocks it will be opened how do you multiply your ask you have to get your vision aligned with god's vision if we're operating out of our flesh solely we're going to come up with all sorts of crazy stuff and it may not be god's will for our life at all we shouldn't expect any blessing from that but if you begin this process through prayer and say lord what is your will for my life Lord, what's that big thing that I can't escape? Lord, why do I, I'll give you one of Aaron's, okay? And Terry's, Um, why why do I see a million children in bondage and I dream of seeing them free? Does everybody dream of that? I don't know, but I do. Why do I dream of that? Why does Terry dream of that? Because it's a calling, right? Why do we see certain things? Why do we feel burdens for certain things in this world? Why do we uh, 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 feel a pressure to do something? It's a part of our calling. But prayer aligns us so that we can understand what that is with who we are, how we're created, and the gifts and the talents God's given us so that they all work together for his good. Can we say amen? So you multiply your ask by not asking out of your brain, but you start with prayer and prayer will ignite faith. And did you notice I said a million children? I didn't say 10. That's a multiplication the Lord puts on the vision. I'm thankful that he called it to be bigger than 10 because we've already seen it. In fact, we did a, we've seen the, the, the thousand mark. We've rescued over a thousand children in the past nine years through Expect Hope. Isn't that incredible? I mean, these are things we're celebrating. But when God says a million, we're like, wow, we haven't even got started, right? Now that creates fire to push and to move and to impact the earth the way God has called you to impact the earth. Number two, write it down. So when you pray, you're getting alignment, you're downloading from heaven. Now write it down. That's what Habakkuk tells us to do. Write it down, write it down, write it down. That's what we're going to take an action step today to do. Write it down. Type it on your phone. Okay, grab an offering envelope. Write it on that. I don't care. Just write it down today somewhere while you're here. And even after you leave today, find something at home. Maybe this is an exercise you need to do over the next few days. Number three, now it's time to take action steps or what I call create measurable goals. We have to take action steps. Once you write it down, uh, it's really nice to look at something we've written, isn't it? We look at our handwriting. We think how great we are that we wrote it down. We're so proud of ourselves. I mean, it's a good step. But the Lord didn't call you to stop at writing it down just so you can look at it. Now, I want to give you a a story out of Luke 19 of a man named Zacchaeus. And uh, so Jesus entered Jericho. He was passing through. This is Luke 19. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector, and he was rich. He was seeking to see who Jesus was, but on account of the crowd, he could not because he was small in stature. He was vertically challenged, everyone. So he ran on ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was about to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and he said to him, Zacchaeus, isn't that interesting? Jesus knew his name. Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all grumbled. He has gone to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. Those were the judgment, the judges. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor, and if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. I think Zacchaeus was prophesying. I don't know if Zacchaeus actually did that. They said he was a sinner. You know, it's interesting. Sometimes people say some. You just assume they're already doing it. I believe he got convicted in the presence of Jesus, and Jesus' presence showed him. This is actually how you should be acting, and so he responded in that way. He says, I'm getting ready to restore it fourfold. So Jesus said to him, today, salvation has come to this house since he is also a son of Abraham, for the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. See, this was a new day. This was a new season for Zacchaeus. What happened? Zacchaeus changed And took action in the Lord's will, not his own. Jesus called to him and said, hey, would you do this? Would you have me to your home for dinner? Would you talk to me? Would you converse with me? And out of it came his marching orders, right? Hey, it's time for me to go repay people. Anybody I've done wrong, I'm going to repay them four times. There are action steps. This could be through education. You, You might need education through people, school, online tutorials. Never stop learning. Uh, One of Terry and I's mentors, Pastor Marilyn Hickey, said, if I can give you one lesson that will always allow you to maximize your impact on the world, learn from everyone, she said. It doesn't matter what age, what country they're from, whether they're rich or poor, even if, get this, even if they're Christian or not a Christian, I thought that was interesting. She said, be open to hearing the Holy Spirit speak to you through all kinds of people. Did you know God spoke through an ass That's old King James, and yeah, I wanted to say because it's funny. Okay. (laughs) A donkey. But God literally talked through a donkey. God can talk through all sorts of things. God can speak through sinners. Sometimes a sinner doesn't even know they're being used of God. But the Holy Spirit will reveal it to you, so never underestimate how God will work, how he will communicate. Your job is to go back, remember, to prayer. Write it down, right? Test it against the word. And the Lord will then continue to give you educational opportunities. You got to break the comfort zone when we're talking about taking action steps. You will never accomplish anything beyond where you're at without stretching outside of your comfort zone. Where you are today was uncomfortable at one moment. But what's comfortable now needs to get uncomfortable to keep growing. Can we all say yes? yes? Try things. That may bring results that you have been either intimidated or insecure by, and allow the Holy Spirit to push you. Allow yourself to wear a new identity if that's what it takes. Allow yourself to be like, well, I've never I've never spoken public before. So what? If God is calling you to be a preacher, start talking in public. Oh, I've never done that before. I've never, you know, helped the poor on the street. I I don't know how to help a homeless person. So what? Start today. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The, The thing is this. We have to understand just because it's uncomfortable and you haven't done it before doesn't mean it's not a part of your calling. God wants to take all those gifts and abilities, but he's also wanting you to keep pushing into the unknown. Why? That's what requires faith. If it's comfortable, you really don't need a lot of faith. Let me ask a simple question. How many would you call yourself an expert in something? Anything. I got one hand. Come on, Joseph. Okay. Right? You should be an expert in something. I mean, at least your job. How many are striving to be an expert in something, man? You are so humble in this room. (laughs) That came with time. Experience, education, trial and error, right? Falling on your face a few times, learning, growing, right? But you're an expert now. Not awesome. But do you realize God wants to take the expertise He's put in your heart and continue to expand it into even more expertise? That we weren't called, that's small minded thinking if we allow that to happen. That God doesn't want us just to become an expert in one thing, but multiple things that can grow and expand. And one last thing when we talk about taking action steps, create yourself quarterly goals, monthly goals, annual goals. Always push for increase in success. All right, ready for number four? How do you multiply your ask? Don't get discouraged. All right, you've taken action steps now. You're stepping out of your comfort zone. You took a new educational course. You tried something new. You tried serving at the church in something you've never done before and it was uncomfortable. Ah! Now don't get discouraged. Discouragement is the number one tool the enemy uses to stop you in your tracks. He wants to, the second you try something new, now you get out there and you're totally uncomfortable. How do you think Peter fell? He got out of the boat, and what did he do? He walked on water, and he was like, look at me. I'm walking on water. And then he saw a big wave. He's like, ah, and he started to sink, right? Instantly got discouraged. Fear came in. Jesus came and lifted him out. Now, do you realize Peter walked on water again? How did Jesus get him back to the boat? He either walked back on that water or they flew or something cool happened, I don't know. Right. But if he would have never gotten out of the boat, he would have never even had that encounter with Christ that we have to understand. Now, discouragement is the next part of the phase. Now that you're doing that new thing, that stretch thing, ah, you know, it gets a little uncomfortable. But don't get discouraged. God has declared it to you. Remember what Habakkuk says. If it seems slow in coming, wait patiently. In fact, the word wait in Hebrew um, is Chaka. I probably said that wrong. Chaka, chaka, right? You know, like, chaka, that's the word. This means to have patience and to stay, ooh, I love this, to stay in a place of expectation. To stay in a place of expectation. So in Habakkuk, when it says, if it seems slow in coming, wait patiently, the Bible is teaching us, don't quit, don't get discouraged, don't fall off, don't just fall out of the race, Stay in a place of expectation until you see it come to pass, because when God has spoken it to you, it will happen. Can we all say, Amen? amen. Number five, stay faithful. Don't get discouraged. Now stay faithful. In Proverbs 28:20, 20, a faithful man will abound with blessings, but whoever hastens to be rich will not go unpunished. A faithful man will abound with blessings. Everybody say faithful faithful means day in and day out faithful means a weekend faithful means a month and a year in the faithfulness you're not allowing discouragement to take you out of the race and you stay faithful now when i was a kid my mother desperately wanted me to play the piano i hated it i didn't want to play the piano and she'd always be like you have great fingers for the piano i'm like i don't care i want to play video games you know, I'm nine, you know, like, and she made me play the stupid piano. It was so dumb. The Worst half hour of my week on Wednesday at 5 p.m. I hated it. And for years, and I was terrible. I didn't want to do it. And my teacher eventually came to my parents and said, you know what? I'm just taking your money. This kid's terrible. <laughs> I mean, I had no natural gift for it, no natural ability for it. It was true. I just didn't. And I didn't like it, right? Now, I had some different men of God that had come through my father's church at the time speak into my life about one of my giftings being music. And multiple times, it was like prophesied into my life. And I'd be like, man, y'all don't know anything. I stink, you know? Like, I am terrible. I mean, I would get to my recital and forget. I remember, oh, so many bad moments. Just, like nothing can traumatize you as a kid than getting in front of people and failing. And they're like, I'm never doing that again. And then your parents are like, you're doing it again. Do you know how much money I put in this? I never asked you to pay any money for this. I hate it. And on and on the argument went. So now at the time, I didn't stay faithful out of my own ability. My parents forcefully made me stay faithful to this. But these words came forth, right? There's a calling on your life. This is a part of a gifting God's going to give you. Part of a gifting, part of a gifting, part of a gifting. I didn't believe it. I didn't want it. I didn't care. I wanted to play video games. And then I remember we had a night. uh, It was like a youth night, kind of like we do here, our youth rallies. And there was a guest minister, and he came, and he looked at me, and he said, young man, he didn't know who I was or the pastor's kid. He said, God told me right now through the Holy Spirit that there's a gift on the inside of you that you don't think you have. I was like, oh, I know what that is. Oh, I know. Keep it coming, prophet. You are on the right track, you know. (laughs) And he goes, the Holy Spirit told me tonight because you've remained faithful. And I thought not because I wanted to. Because you've remained faithful, and everybody's like, oh, what a faithful young man. I'm like, I hate it. I don't want it. (laughs) Because you've remained faithful, tonight, he's going to open the gift to you. I go, okay. What does that mean? He goes, when I lay my hands on you, the Holy Spirit's going to do something that no earthly teacher could ever do. He's going to teach you. And I'll never forget, when he laid his hands on me, I had an experience with God. And I felt what felt like fire in my hands now not like ah my hands are on fire because one time when i was seven i did put my hand on the stove i knew that fire (laughs) it burnt and it hurt not like that it was something supernatural from heaven it was like an anointing from god and i remember like whoa like it was wild and then i grew up in pentecostal church right so people always on the ground i and then I i was like i'm not falling try and i would you know, I'd lock my knees. I'm like, you're not gonna drop me. And sometimes we'd get really, um, I need a, I need a helper. I'm trying to see him. Oh, Jesus, will you let me? Sometimes you get some evangelists, and they would, they want you to fall. So they, Jesus, take it, take it. Ta- I mean, eventually gravity's gonna get you. And so I would be aware. I'd be like, mm. I'd have my leg. You know, like the DIA train, if you don't have the, you know, I was postured. <laughs> Take it. I'm like, I'm not taking it. But this was different. And he said, when I lay my hands on you, God's going to impart something into you. And when he laid his hands on me, I fell down. Now I don't remember falling down. But the power of God touched me. I, didn't, I even braced in Everything. And I was out. I don't remember what happened. You're like, well, that's crazy. That's weird. Well, it's in the Bible. We'll talk about it later. But when I came to, I felt that now I'd call it like the anointing in my hands. And it was like the Lord unlocked something in my brain. It's the only way I can say it. And I went home and it, it started to make sense. I could just play. Isn't that weird? pretty cool right but it was like five or six years into my journey of that process before that moment happened and we have to remember staying faithful is such a critical part because god has his timing for releasing that's his perfect timing and the same is true for your life can we say amen all right last point look for more look for more look for more We're talking about multiplying your ask. Don't get discouraged. You're staying faithful. But look for more. God is never ending. God, first of all, let me give you two truths, and then we're going to pray. God reveals in phases. Matthew 25, 21. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. When you are faithful in the little things, God sees it. When you're faithful in the small opportunities, God sees it. It's all the same to him. He he doesn't expect us to start at the, quote, top. He expects us to start in total humility and just saying yes to his will, whatever that action is. Oh, it's not in front of a crowd. Well, most of the time it's not going to be in front of a crowd, and if you want to do ministry for a crowd, you're in the wrong business. It's... It's for an audience of one. It's for Christ. And so if you're helping somebody, it's not so you can get your next Instagram following hit. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Hey, I just found this homeless guy in the street. Let's go live. Hey, what's your name, brother? So you're poor, right? Yeah. I'm going to give him some money now, and let's see what... Like, seriously, I see this stuff, and it makes me cringe on the inside because it's really anti-biblical with the process God's called us to. The Lord said, don't even let your left hand know the right hand's giving. Right? That this is a personal journey. We're not doing for man's glory. We're doing for his glory. So Jesus said, when you're faithful in small things, he'll make you ruler over many things. But when the many things come, the humility seems to follow it because you weren't doing it for the many things in the first place. You were doing it to honor God. God reveals, not only in faces, but through his Holy Spirit. Last scripture I want to read, 1 Corinthians 2, verse 10. When God gave me a gift to play the keyboards, it was freely given to me. I was faithful. That was my job, to be faithful. But the gift came from God. But the Holy Spirit started to reveal the why. Sometimes you have gifts, and you don't know why you have them. He wants to reveal it to you, okay? So our job is to ask, ask, and ask in alignment with his word, and God will answer, and then we follow. So Hey, thank you so much for watching today and I pray the message was a blessing to your life. If you want to stay up to date with all things Expect Hope, subscribe to us on YouTube and follow us on social media. You know, we can't do what we do without you. And if you'd like to make a donation to our ministry, please go to expecthopechurch.com. You know, it's impossible to meet all the needs without so many faithful supporters just like you. Thank you for your consideration. And if you're ever in the Denver area, we invite you to come join us for a service on Sunday morning. God bless you. Thank you guys for listening to this week's podcast. Be sure to subscribe and follow to stay up to date in everything we're doing at Expect Hope. We hope this podcast encouraged you and that it will help you through any trials you may be going through. Thanks again for listening and have a blessed rest of your week.